And we're back. Hello and welcome to the Try Hard Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we will do a recap and preview show because, you know, we have busy schedules. Um, and we're going to do that for week three and week two. And when I say we, I mean myself, Stephen, and our resident Vikings fanatic, Brian. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty pretty excited for this week. There's a lot of fun games. Um, just can I get a quick uh, reaction from you? How did you feel about last week's games? High snap, put down. Joseph, come on! It is good! No, he it's missed no it. Good. Are you kidding me? He missed it right. He missed it right. Are oh, my heavens. How'd you feel about last week's games, Brian? I hate you. I hate you so much. Well, I, oh, I, I just, mean, I just thankfully, asked. I was watching that game on TV and not on the radio, so I didn't have heartbreak. The Vikings lined up for a game-winning field goal down by one with seconds left. I stood up. I went to the bathroom. I said, I know they're going to miss. Told my girlfriend, they're going to miss. What's the point? Walked to the bathroom, came out. They missed the field goal. So such is life for a Minnesota Vikings fan. Who are they playing against? The Arizona Cardinals. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Are you okay, Brian? A, a single tear just rolled down my cheek. That's very upsetting. I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> Last week, uh, we did our pickums, and Brian, you went twelve and three. I went eleven and four. So you now have a two-game lead on me, twenty-one and ten to nineteen and twelve. That's not too bad. Not too bad. I think we did pretty good this week. How do you think? Yeah, those are those are very good records overall after two weeks. Um, in our survivor pool, I won mine and you won yours. I picked the Cowboys in a very interesting, uh, my very interesting and very like thought provoking pick versus your um, who cares pick. Uh, that that they're obviously going to win pick. So you chose the Browns. I chose the Cowboys. Um, I won, you won. So I'm one and one, you're two and oh. Any thoughts on that? I mean, the Browns almost lost. They were losing till or in a close game until Tyrod Taylor got injured. So I don't know. It, every game in the NFL is competitive. Well, that's not true. Most games in the NFL are competitive. And the goal of Survivor is not to provoke thought, but to win. And as you said, I'm two and oh, you would have lost in week one. So I'm very happy with my picks so far. All right, let's get into the games. Sunday's games, the Colts at the Titans is our first game. Titans are five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 48 points. The Titans are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Wow. The over-under is 48 points. Uh, A.J. Brown's garbage, right? Titans are garbage. Yeah, apparently even his family's making jokes that he can't catch anything. (laughs) That's harsh. Um, And Tannehill hasn't been playing great either. I don't. I I just think the Titans are not very good anymore, except for Derrick Henry, who, you know, I I hate to say that I told you so, but I told you so. 
I mean, I bought into it after you told me his stats, uh, you know, the game after having a terrible game. I definitely threw him in some DFS lineups, uh, just not the ones against you. But yeah, Derrick Henry had a monster game. Julio Jones actually had a monster game. Six catches, 128 yards last week. Um, So he put a bunch of naysayers to rest. And I think the same thing is going to happen for A.J. Brown sooner than later. I actually like this matchup a lot for him and the Titans passing game. The Colts. Uh, haven't been great on defense this season. They've been dealing with some injuries. And so I don't I can't guarantee that AJ Brown's gonna have a monster game because the Titans have three three or four players if you include Ryan Tannehill and his ability to get steal a rushing touchdown or two from time to time that could just blow up in any given week, but they won't do it all the same game. So you don't know that it's AJ Brown week, but he's a fine play. I'm not worried about him at all. And obviously Julio showed he's still got it when he's healthy. Over under 45 points for Derrick Henry. Oh, way under. Way so under. I am not playing. So like in DFS, I am not touching Derrick Henry this week because people are going to look at his game from week two, see 50 points and plug him into every lineup, especially no Christian McCaffrey on the slate. No Christian McCaffrey for at least a month, probably now. Dalvin Cook is questionable. Alvin Kamara and the Saints look terrible and play the Patriots' solid defense. So everyone's going to play Derrick Henry. I'm going to stay away from him. I'm I'm down on Derrick Henry this week. I I prefer him when he's had a bad game or hasn't blown up for a couple weeks at least to really have faith in him. That's not very nice. How do you feel about the uh, the Colts players? Jonathan Taylor has been lackluster. I mean, not terrible, but lackluster for a first round pick uh, as of late. And Naheem Hines hasn't he hasn't been getting it done either, has he? No, and and what's most concerning to me about Jonathan Taylor is I thought he had a very good matchup against the Rams in week two. And he was very inefficient on the ground, just three point four yards per carry on just fifteen carries. And then what I was so excited about in week one where he had seven targets and six catches, he had one target for one catch for two yards in week two. So now we just don't know which is closer to the average Jonathan Taylor week one with 24 opportunities or week two with 16 opportunities. I think it's little more likely to be the former, but I don't know that for sure. He's definitely a riskier player. Um, and looks like he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to transition to an elite running back for fantasy this season. I agree with that. Um, Pittman is Pittman a thing. I don't know. Not really. I mean, this is this is another team that has three wide receivers, Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, and Paris Campbell. When they're all healthy, one of them could have a good game in any given week, but this is like the poor, poor man's version of the Bengals, who are the poor man's version of the Steelers, which is the, the poor man's version of the Buccaneers. You know, like all these teams with three starting wide receivers that have fantasy value of varying degrees makes it hard to trust any of them. So you kind of downgrade them. I think all the Colts wide receivers are flex options at best. If Carson Wentz is healthy, if Carson Wentz misses this game, which is a real possibility, I want no part of the Colts passing game. Interesting. Uh, Who you got? I got the Titans. I actually don't think this spread is as far off as you seem to think. Uh, Give me the Colts. I think Carson Wentz is garbage. I think anything, anyone is an upgrade. I don't even know who their backup is. Do you know? Jacob Eason. Sure. Jacob Eason is an upgrade. I I saw that. I saw him playing college. You know, he was, (laughs) he was tossing bombs. He's great. 
Is he young? I don't know. Yeah, he's in his, his second or third. Actually, now I got to remember which of their guys. Oh, no. Never mind. It would be Brett Hundley would be the starter. I'm wrong. They, the Colts changed that. Uh, probably It looks like yesterday they announced it. I've so, heard of him Former before. Packers quarterback, <gasps> Brett right. Hundley. He's capable. He He's a capable backup. He's I, I like Brent Hundley. He's a capable backup for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I don't know about for an NFL team. Uh, the Falcons at the Giants. The Giants are two and a half point favorites. America's game of the week. Uh, the over-under is 47 and a half points. Brian, tell me about Saquon Barkley this week. What, do you, what are you thinking for Saquon this week? Saquon, 20 points. Number one, 20 you need to be drug tested week. immediately. Immediately. That's a good one. That's a good one. Immediately. Uh, no, listen, Saquon Barkley, We everyone was worried coming in the air about the injury, but it, it, it seems like he's okay. You know, I think he played like 84 or more percent of the snaps uh, in week two, and that was coming off a short rest since that was a Thursday night game. Uh, not to mention, he's faced two of the best defensive fronts in the league in Denver and Washington. This week, he's going against the Falcons, who are have been... It's almost a decade now we're going on. The Falcons are just terrible against running backs. They've changed defensive coordinators. Obviously, they've had a lot of player turnover in that time, but it's always remained constant that the Atlanta Falcons cannot stop running backs from scoring fantasy points. I think this is a big Saquon Barkley week. It is only this week. If Saquon Barkley doesn't perform, that I'll start to have concerns about him. But I, Barkley is a great DFS option, and he's an absolute must-start RB1 in season long. So after this week... Our viewers, our listeners, um, are going to come back here and say to you, How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. That's what they're going to have for you. Saquon Barkley will get maybe, maybe 10 points. Maybe 10 points. Do you think Cordero Patterson's a better play than Saquon Barkley? We'll see. We will see. Maybe somebody has them in their lineup this week. Oh, my gosh. That is disgusting. Listen, Cordero Patterson is not a thing. I repeat, Cordero Patterson is not a thing. He is not a fantasy asset. He is a gadget player that serves a good role on an NFL offense, but is not trusting trustable week to week to get you double-digit fantasy points, let, al- let alone like a good fantasy day for DFS. Shut Do up, not Brian. Cordero Patterson. Shut up, Brian. Wrong. Cordero Patterson is getting at least okay I will say this Cordero Patterson will get more points than Saquon Barkley and that may be that may be six points but he will get more points than Saquon Barkley no cap Saquon Barkley is an elite running back oh my god who you got America's game of the week give me Oh, I don't, you know, give me the Falcons, actually, as much as I'm hyping up Barkley. I think the Falcons come in and win this game. I think Danny Dimes goes for 30 points again. Give me the Giants. Um, Chargers at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are six and a half point favorites. The over-under is 54 and a half points. I keep reading. I keep reading on the recap for Justin Herbert that he lights up the other team for 300 plus yards and one touchdown and no running. He gets like 16 points and I'm, 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 I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear any of these positive spin on things, especially 
when I'm clicking on a fantasy player's profile, I don't want to hear a positive spin on something. When the guy gets like 16, 17 points, I'm so angry at Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, he's basically Kirk Cousins so far. He's not even as good as Kirk Cousins so far this year. Dude, that's mean. That's mean. (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, Justin Herbert is quickly reaching that that level of play where he's, even though he's a fine fantasy quarterback, he's a better real-life quarterback already at this young stage in his career as he is than he is a fantasy quarterback because he doesn't have much of a rushing upside, as you mentioned. And so... He is going to be in a great spot this game. His team's likely going to be down. They're going to likely throw the ball a lot because they don't have a ground and pound game, even if they wanted to do that. So he's a good he's as good a bet as anyone this week for 300 yards and two touchdowns. But as you said, that's not fantasy gold. That's kind of the fantasy standard in 2021. So I agree. Herbert's a good starting quarterback. He's nothing special. This, this coming week, would you rather start um, Herbert against the Chiefs and get a possible possible uh, range of 15 to 30 points, or Teddy Bridgewater against the Jets and get a possible range of 18 to 24 points? I mean, straight up season long, I would start Herbert over Teddy Bridgewater. In DFS, Bridgewater is probably the better play because I believe he's you know cheaper across every, every site by a decent margin. Mm, so- 700 cheaper by 700 oh yeah that's not i guess that's not as much that's pretty close um it depends who i'm stacking it depends which receivers i want to play then so it's probably going to be justin herbert because i love keenan allen in every format every week is this a uh hill week a kelsey week or a both week i think it's a tyreek hill week if i'm being honest uh derwin james for the chargers is an exceptional defensive player. I think, though, he's going to end up aligning opposite Kelsey the most in this game just because he Derwin James is physical enough to try to hopefully give Kelsey some problems, not that anyone can actually stop Travis Kelsey in the NFL. But Tyreek Hill had a down week two, and I expect a bounce back this week. I prefer him over Kelsey, but this could really be a you know, 38-35 game. And if it is, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey could definitely all have huge games and could be in a, you know, million-dollar winning DFS lineup this week. Since you traded for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, do you want to try and talk some magic into the into the universe to try and pretend like he's going to get points this week? Or are you just I, accepting I tra- the two to four points? I traded for George Kittle. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was in the deal. Uh, it might not have been best. I think I, if I could have pushed, I maybe could have got a better player than Clyde edwards Lair. I thought you were going to say better than Kittle. That's not hard. No. Though. Oh, no. We'll, we'll get to that game. I love George Kittle this week. But, no, uh, CEH is he's a very average player. He's like the, a Mike Davis. He's just a replacement level running back. His, his draft status in season-long leagues, his value in DFS is all about the role he's supposedly going to get. It hasn't been there this season. Three targets across two games, zero targets in week two. Pretty concerning. Uh, not to mention, he lost a fumble at the very end of the Chiefs game. Basically cost the game. So there's always the chance that he gets benched going into this week. It's a little dicey. Um, he is a fringe RB2 for me in season long. But I have to say, on DraftKings, 
he is a, an exceptional floor play given he is priced just forty eight hundred dollars this week. You must be out of your damn mind. No. Don't listen to him. Mahomes or Murray this week? They're basically the same price. Murray, always in fantasy, Murray. Murray mm-hmm. Murray's rushing upside uh, is only beaten by Lamar Jackson's. He hasn't done it yet this season. I think he's only averaging about 24, 25 yards per game on the ground is Kyler Murray, but he has the uh, potential to do it. I don't think he's going to have to do it against Jacksonville, but he can also just do it through the air like Mahomes does. I mean, he's averaging over 300 yards a game this season, 344 yards a game through two weeks this season, and Jacksonville's defense is terrible. So I think Murray's, you know, again, he's he's a great bet for 330 yards and three touchdowns. And so I absolutely think he's the fantasy QB one this week. Who you got? I got the Chiefs. Yeah, give me the Chiefs. Uh, Bengals at the Steelers. The Steelers are three-point favorites. The over-under is 43 points. It's America's game of the week. Uh, which wide receiver do you want the most? If you could pick any of the six on relevant ones on both teams, which one would you pick? So, so for this week, Deontay Johnson is definitely out. That gives a big upgrade to both Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool because there's no uncertainty now in their target share. They are both going to get 8 to 12 targets, almost like almost guaranteed. It's as safe as bet as anyone in the league this week. So they're great. On the other side of the game, the Bengals are likely without T. Higgins. Now, he's doubtful, so that theoretically leaves a chance for him to play. But in the modern NFL, since the NFL got rid of the um uh now I don't remember what it was the p from questionable probable the probable tag they got rid of the mm. probable tag so it's only questionable and doubtful almost no players get labeled as doubtful and actually play in the game it's very rare so i don't think t higgins is going to play which then is an upgrade for jamar chase and tyler boyd but given the game environment given the steelers have a better defense and given that he is the biggest upside player i think of any of the four i like chase claypool the most you know, he is the guy who's has the highest variance of any of the six on week to week basis uh, because he can get two targets or he can get, you know, 15 targets. And in either case, he could get you two touchdowns. So I like Chase Claypool a ton this week. I think he's a great option. Uh, I would pick Jamar Chase. That would be my pick. Uh, do we care about the running backs? Do we think that Najee Harris is is correctly priced at? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sixty six hundred, or should he be up around Alvin Kamara's eighty two hundred range? I don't think he should be eighty two hundred, but his price did go up a little bit. So again, we're we're still safe at sixty three hundred. Sixty six hundred. Week one is the cheapest he's been all season. Uh, he, he could be up a little more. I think he's fair. I mean, around Jonathan Taylor, Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, that they're all in the mid six, six K range. I think that's right. Um, I like Najee Harris more than Joe Mixon, just because he's facing a much weaker defense going against the Bengals than Joe Mixon is against the Steelers, but both get all the running back touches, both get all the snaps, both, you know, are going to have games with five plus catches. So I like them both. Um, but I prefer Najee Harris if I had to make a decision between the two. Gross. Um, who you got? Steelers. 
Mm, Steelers look awful. They do, but it's the oh. Bengals. Uh, you know what? You know what? Give me the Bengals. I've I've gone almost contrary. I've gone contrary in three of the last four, but I I feel the Bengals this week. Uh, Bears at Browns. Wow, that sounds that's a Bears at Brown. Whatever. Browns are seven point favorites. The over is forty four and a half points, and apparently Justin Fields is playing because somebody is a little b word and has a bone bruise. Can't play with a bone bruise, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Um, how do you really think of all the drops you do? You don't have the miracle drop where the coach yells, "It's an effing bruise." Oh, really? I've never seen that movie. Oh my! Oh my! You are ashamed to Minnesota. I I will accept that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin Fields is playing. I think he's probably better than Andy Dalton, but I don't know what that means for. I think that actually is a bonus for David Montgomery, but I don't know what that means for the wide receivers. I think it's a bonus uh, for David Montgomery. I think it's a bonus for Cole Komet, the Bears' tight end. I think it's a bonus for Allen Robinson, the Bears' number one wide receiver. I think it's a downgrade for Darnell Mooney and any other pass catchers you might have interest in for some reason on Chicago. Because, as I've always said, rookie quarterbacks, their biggest weakness is their inability to scan the field and go to their second, third, fourth option. And so what they do is they look at their number one option, which almost always will be your best wide receiver, Allen Robinson. And if that's in, and they'll chuck it up a lot of time if they're covered. And if they don't go there, they're going to check it down to a running back or a tight end. And so I agree. I think Justin Fields will improve David Montgomery and Cole Komet and Allen Robinson. But I also think Justin Fields is a great option in fantasy. If you're streaming a quarterback in a 12 plus team league he's a great starting option this week it's not a terrific matchup the browns have an amazing defensive line have a pretty good defense overall but fields is very much a quarterback in the style of jalen hurts and say what you will about hurts's nfl skill i don't think he's gonna last long in the league as a quarterback but he's been a fantasy star so far in six games save last week wasn't great but his other you know Overall, in his first six starting games of his career, he's been a fantasy star. Justin Fields can definitely do that. He's definitely got the rushing ability, and he's a better thrower than Jalen Hurts on what I think is a more talented offense than Jalen Hurts has in Philadelphia. So I think it's a really good comparison. I like Justin Fields plenty this week. He's risky in season long, but again, if you're streaming quarterbacks, he's not a bad option. And in DFS, he is dirt cheap on, on every site and is a fantastic DFS play. Um, in season long, would you start this week? Say you have a quarterback who's hurt or you just got a bad quarterback in the draft and you need to put someone in. Would you start Derek Carr or Justin Fields this week? That's tough. I'd probably go with Derek Carr in season long. He's been playing just well. He's been, he's been playing so well and he's just it's just safer like in season long, I prefer that like 250 yards and two touchdowns. That's not good in DFS. That's 18 points. That's nothing special. But in season long at the quarterback position, I really just want to make sure I get those 18 points. So I'm not falling way behind on my opponent. I agree. Um, apparently, you have in the notes here that Odell Beckham didn't retire two years ago. So he's playing this week. Is this this is correct? He's. 
Odell Beckham, as of Saturday morning, <laughs> is playing for the Browns this week. Jarvis Landry is out, out for the next couple weeks. That obviously bodes well for Odell Beckham's target share, but I'm still a little skeptical. The Bears' defense isn't isn't bad by any stretch. And like you said, Odell Beckham hasn't been the same player really since he left the Giants. It's almost since his rookie year. Like it, It's been forever since Odell Beckham was a fantasy superstar. And he's been going off his one high, you know, that one highlight catch with one hand way behind his back for basically his entire career. Um, you know, he's had stretches where he's good. He could have a big game here and there, but he's not super reliable. Um, he's, it's, you know, if you're playing Justin Fields, maybe you want to throw a dart throw on Odell Beckham in DFS just to kind of make a little tiny mini game stack. But that's about it. I don't, I'm not too excited about Beckham's debut. Oh, I thought he'd be the chalk this week. I guess not. Uh, not for me. Uh, who you got? I got the Browns. Give me the Bears. Wow. We've matched up on one game so far. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pick them at next week. Uh, Ravens at Lions. The Ravens are eight point favorites. I would have figured the Ravens would be like 50 point favorites. Uh, the over under is 50 points. Wow. High scoring game. Um, uh, Latavius Murray, is that correct? Is the starter for the Ravens? Is that right? I hope not. I mean, Tyshawn Williams should still be the starter. He's the most dynamic back for the team. And Latavius Murray has not even reached double digit fantasy points yet in a game this season, despite scoring a touchdown in each games. He's just there to keep Tyshawn Williams, Tyson Williams from, you know, fantasy stardom. Uh, but Williams has done well in his own right, despite only having one touchdown. And I'd go with him. I don't love either one in DFS because I do think the Ravens win this game by 20, <laughs> to be frank. Uh, assuming Lamar Jackson plays, he's technically questionable. He had like a stomach illness or something, a non-COVID illness on on Thursday. But Well, he's had COVID he, he's enough times. I mean... Yeah, he has had COVID multiple times, so it, it's possible he's just over COVID now. Like, no, actually, let's not spread misinformation. He doesn't have COVID. That's always a risk, but he's going to play, and he hasn't had a monster game yet. Well, I guess last week, I thought. Against Kansas City, it was pretty monster. He didn't have a very good passing game, but yeah, he got you 107 yards, two touchdowns. I forgot he got two of those touchdowns. So actually, yeah, he had a monster game. You, you know, he can do that against Detroit, too. I know sometimes people get worried that superstars are going to get benched if their team gets up by too much. But in the NFL, that only happens when your team's up by like 30 in the fourth quarter. And if the Ravens are up by 30, Lamar Jackson, there's a good shot. He's got, you know, gotten three of those touchdowns one way or another. So I like him obviously a lot this game. And, you know, the Ravens are going to destroy the Lions. I don't think it's going to be that... um... I think this is going to be a, my narrative for this game is that Lamar Jackson does come in a little weak and isn't running the ball quite as much. They beat the Lions, but I don't know that they beat them handily, and I don't know that it's a high-scoring game. Um, I'd be kind of off this game. Maybe actually a little bit higher on Latavius Murray um, than most people are because I think he can carry the workload of uh, uh, that they might need for to keep Lamar Jackson from running. But I do agree. I think they win this game. So who we got? The Ravens. Oh, wait. And and the Ravens are my lock of the week. 
Oh gosh, you're so boring. So boring. The point is to win. The point isn't to be exciting. I disagree. If you're not if you're not living life on the edge, then you're not living. <laughs> um actually before we move on to the next one, we don't care about Jared Goff. I, I don't care about Jared Goff based on my narrative for this game. But you think they're gonna be blowing out the Ravens, so you think Jared Goff might have a thirty point week? No, I don't. I, I I just still don't buy the Lions offense. The only person I like is uh TJ Hawkinson. He's getting elite level tight end usage, you know. Over 20 targets in two games so far is really on Travis Kelsey's level. Not quite uh, Darren Waller each level. week. No, Darren Waller got 19 targets in one game, so no one's on Darren Waller level. But TJ Hawkinson, uh, funny enough, is averaging more points per game through two weeks than Darren Waller. He's third to Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski, but they're they're all right in that area, over 20 points a game. I do like TJ Hawkinson a lot this week uh, in season-long and DFS. We both take the Ravens. Saints at Patriots. The Patriots are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, over-under is 42-and-a-half points, and Jameis is bad. <laughs> yeah, so we had one week of us really praising Jameis Winston for his efficiency. I and said I didn't trust making. it. I said I didn't trust it. He went from throwing five touchdowns against the Packers to throwing two interceptions and zero touchdowns against the Carolina Panthers. He, quote-unquote, salvaged his day with a rushing touchdown to get him up to 10 fantasy points, but he was he was terrible. Uh, this Saints offense worries me. After week one, I was kind of upset with myself for being down enough on Alvin Kamara to not trust him with like the third or fourth pick in a draft, um, but... After two weeks, that doesn't look like a bad call at all because the Saints offense just isn't going anywhere. And it's it's so hard to trust Jameis Winston. He's going to have good weeks because it's Jameis, the way he plays. But yeah, this is not the week. I, I don't want anything to do with either offense in this game. I agree. Who you got? Patriots, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because of how many, what they got, like four, five interceptions off elite level Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This week. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll have to go with the Patriots. Uh, the Cardinals at Jaguars. Cardinals are seven and a half point favorites. The over under is 51 and a half points. Um, I put $100 of my waiver wire money all my 100 dollars on rondale moore is that the correct move no that seems like a slight over overvaluation of rondale moore uh he's definitely a solid player though he you know for my money is the second best offensive weapon on this arizona team already after deandre hopkins uh discounting the quarterback obviously just of the the playmakers wide receivers running backs and I expect that to continue. He's looked electric. He is a perfect fit for this, you know, passing attack, this, you know, throw it five yards and let your receivers run after the catch. Uh, done really well so far. Had a huge 77-yard touchdown against the Vikings last week. That's really carried his his fantasy value. And I think it's inflated his DFS price on a lot of sites. But he's definitely flex worthy in pretty much any league, and I think a wide receiver three in a twelve team or bigger league. So it's Marvin Jones, not Lavisca Chenault, not whoever the other person is. 
It's Marvin Jones. Apparently, yeah. I mean, who who would have thought, you know, the, the rookie out of college would prefer, you know, the 90-year-old wide receiver that is the least athletic on the team versus the gadget player that, you know, can do everything and then the explosive DJ Shark. But it is what it is. Marvin Jones getting a ridiculous amount of volume um, and converting with it. So... He's good. This is this is a good week for you know Trevor Lawrence to start the game throwing two picks, but then finish the game with you know three hundred yards and three touchdowns because his team's down by so much they just have to throw constantly. Jaguars are dead to me. I don't care about anyone on that team. Uh who you got? Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals. Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are seven point favorites. How seriously, how dare them? disrespect the Washington football team and Taylor Heineke. Uh, the over-under is 45.5 points. Terry McLaren or Stefan Diggs? It's a tough call this week. I, I, I think in this game I prefer Stefan Diggs. He's got a slightly easier matchup um, and a more trustworthy quarterback in this game, though I do love Taylor Heineke. He's very fun to watch. He's a gamer. He's got grit as they say. But, you know, I, I'm not going to guarantee that he can throw the ball and get it downfield to McLaren consistently week in and week out. So I like Stefan Diggs a little bit more. But I tell you what, if they were in a neutral field, I think I'd prefer Scary Terry. Like, if they had the same quarterback throwing in the same system, what Terry McLaren has done through, you know, a season and a couple games with just absolute trash quarterback play is frankly astounding he looks like and, he looks like the second coming of like larry fitzgerald or calvin johnson like where he, they just put up numbers with terrible quarterbacks yeah i mean he he's putting up unbelievable numbers with just the worst offenses and it's i want to see what I, that's I've, i'm so disappointed like ryan fitzpatrick got injured that would have been so exciting but maybe taylor heineke will keep it together for a full season and then we can just see, uh, you know, what F1 can do because he is a special, special player. Does Devin Singletary outscore your boy, Saquon Barkley, again? Isn't Devin Singletary hurt? He was hurt in the middle of, of the week. No, he's playing. Is he playing? I mean, I don't, I don't even care because no. You don't think he can do it for good. a third week in a row? No, he's not good. Mm, okay. Like he doesn't get volume. He, he's just not good. Okay. All right. He's an RB two for a season long, I guess, because he's probably going to get ten points. But okay. that's not exciting at all. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I'll take Clyde Edwards Alaire over Devin Singletary this week. Oh my god. <laughs> so you think Devin Singletary is going to get one point? <laughs> Close to it. <laughs> I think Devin Singletary ends with six or fewer points this week. Maybe. Uh, who you got? I got the Bills. Uh, give, I want to do it. I want to do it. I think this is the gamer moment, but I think Josh Allen's a gamer too. Oh. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be closer than seven points. I think Washington covers, but I'll, I'll take the Bills. Um, Jets at Broncos. The Broncos are 10.5-point favorites. The over-under is 41.5 points. America's game of the week. Um, Cortland Sutton, thank you. Yes, 
Carlin Sutton's the man. <laughs> now with Jerry Judy out. I'm so happy in my fantasy. Tim Patrick's trash, right? Yeah, Tim Patrick. I, well, <laughs> I have him on my teams. So it's okay if he's not trash. If they're both awesome, 20 points a week. Like if Tim Patrick gets a boost, I don't think he will because of Noah Fant's targets. But um, if Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant become the, the big ones on that team, I'm fine with that. I'm happy. So yeah, I mean Sutton Sutton's an elite playmaker. It you know may, maybe he took a week to get healthy after last week, or maybe just Teddy really likes Jerry Judy more than Cortland Sutton. But Jerry Judy's out for a while. Cortland Sutton looks like a a plug and play wide receiver one right now, especially this week against the Jets. I agree. Um, Zach Wilson had a you know. Rookies have a few down weeks a year, but he's supposed to be the second coming of, I don't know, who's a good quarterback that played for the Jets? Brett Favre? Mm, No. Chad Pennington. How about, let's go with Chad Pennington. (laughs) Hey, that's like the best quarterback in Jets history. (laughs) There you go. Um, Zach Wilson, the second coming of Chad Pennington. Or, wait, no, Sanchez. Second coming of Mark Sanchez. You think he'll get better? I do. Listen, he was terrible against the Patriots through four picks, but everyone in the world, a fantasy analyst, real NFL analyst, any Joe Schmo off the street that wasn't a diehard Jets fan could have told you that he wasn't going to have a good game against Bill Belichick and the Patriots defense. The, the Patriots, for the last two decades, have just destroyed rookie quarterbacks. I'm not surprised they did it to Zach Wilson. He had a dreadful game. I think he's going to bounce back. You know, he had a good week one against Carolina, who looks like they actually have a decent defense themselves this season. And Wilson will be fine. Now, he's not fine this week because the Broncos are also very good defense. I expect it to be another rough outing uh, for the Jets rookie. But people shouldn't get too down on him. Now, he's not a fantasy starter anyway. But if you're in a dynasty league, and I know we never talk about those, Steve, because you have no interest in it. You don't play dynasty. No, I don't. But some people do. And if you're in a dynasty league, after this week might be a good time to try to make a trade for Zach Wilson because he's going to have a bad game against Denver and people are going to be down on him. But as long as the Jets give him a leash you know, to get through the season, get his legs under him, which I am I have to assume they will, Where's his uh, legs? I think he's got a decent career ahead of him. Where does legs go? I don't know. The Patriots ran off with at least one of them, right? I mean, it's it's pretty hard. He had four picks at the same time. He had four total completions at one point in that game. Corey Davis? It, no. Okay. Zach Wilson. No, I mean, Corey Davis. Is he a oh, thing this play week? Corey, no. Like, I All don't right. touch this Jets offense against the Broncos. Who you got? Broncos. Give me the B-R-O-N-C-O-S. Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. Is that your lock of the week? No, that's boring. Um, <laughs> well, I do have a question for you. Um, who ends the year with a better win-loss, um, team win-loss percentage? Teddy Bridgewater or Kirk Cousins? I hate you. I need I need a little soundboard so I can do drops just to take revenge on you, but... I mean, it's sure looking like it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. The Broncos, the Broncos look real good. I'm ha- listen. I think almost every Minnesota Viking fan out there is happy for, for Teddy Bridgewater. He was loved in Minnesota. It was just that injury was catastrophic. The Vikings 
thought they were in a win now mode when they had to make the decision on him or a different quarterback. They went with a different quarterback. Kurt Cousins has not been the Minnesota Vikings problem 90% of the time. Uh, but I'm very happy that Teddy Bridgewater has found a home in Denver and looks like he's going to have a really good career there. The only thing the Vikings are missing from being literally the most stacked team in the league is a secondary. Everything else, they are more stacked or as stacked as every other team in the league. Um, the offensive line would like to have a talk with you. Oh my gosh. Relax. But but yes, the, the Vikings are stacked in several positions, but yet can't do anything. Uh, I think they could use a new head coach, if I'm being honest. Oh, wow. Maybe head coach, quarterback, GM, get them all out at the same time. Go get Chase, Go get uh, Case Keenum. Go get him back. Okay, now, okay, we're just getting crazy. Let's let's save this for when we actually get to the Vikings. Dolphins game. at Raiders. The Raiders are three and a half point favorites. The over under is forty four points. Um, oh, Tua's out. Is that true? Yeah, Tua's got a broken rib. He's going to be out at least. Oh, come on, you can play broken broken ribs. Look at Drew Brees. He played with like nine broken ribs. I mean, Tua's not Drew Brees, and there's there's no reason to trot him out there with broken ribs. They're the Dolphins are garbage. Uh, you know, they're they're not going anywhere this season, despite having a win against the Patriots. They're they're one and one. They're better than the Vikings, but they're not doing anything this year. Don't risk, you know, significant injury or, you know, like real scary life and death type injury to Tua just to be mediocre. But no, without Tua starting the Dolphins are trash. The Raiders should win this handily. I'm shocked that this spread is as close as it is because the Dolphins' defense, while decent, isn't special, and Jacoby Brissett is not a good quarterback. Um, I beg to differ. He had one good game uh, with the Patriots, and then they traded him. That's right. Yeah, the Bill Belichick special. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Which is why, just by the way, like we already covered the Patriots, but I don't buy anything about Mac Jones. I, I still think that was a bad draft pick. I think he's a bad quarterback. I just think the Patriots know how to make very average quarterbacks look good. So I actually watched since the Bears game wasn't on where I'm at, and I watched the Raiders against Pittsburgh. I watched the majority of that game. Um, and Hunter Renfro got targeted over and over and over and over and looked good, but he ended up with like no points. I thought I was going to go back, look at his fantasy stats and him have like 30 points, but he had like 12 or something like that. And I was pretty astonished. I thought he was based on the way he looked and the way he was targeted. I thought he was going to skyrocket with the points. And so listen, he, he's a good player. And he's trusted, and he's gotten 16 targets in two weeks. But as you said, all he's done with that is a total of 23.7 fantasy points. So, you know, less than 12 points a game. The, the problem is just his role. He's very good at his role, which is a true classic slot receiver. He gets targeted on the third and, and medium downs. You know, when when Derek Carr really needs eight yards, he looks for Hunter Renfro. The problem is that's just not fantasy relevant because Henry Ruggs has showed you you know, he can get that 12 points on one play or Darren Waller gets targeted on every down and distance. So th- those are the better fantasy options. Yeah, Hunter Renfro is a very good player. I think the, the Raiders have even called him their best offensive player. It's just his role is never going to lead to 
fantasy superstardom as long as they have a guy like um, Darren Waller who also soaks up a ton of targets. So do you think this is a 12-point week for Darren Waller or a 30-point week? Split the difference and call it 18. Oh, you're such a wimp. All right. Uh, I, I'm sorry that I don't, I, I'm not Stephen A. I don't want to just say controversial shit just to put it out there. I say what I think is going to happen. Number one, you need to be drug tested immediately. Uh, so according, according to Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Derek Carr is one of the top five elite quarterbacks in the league right now. And he has been since he started uh, for the Raiders. Agree or disagree? What? Why? Why did you make us talk about that? Like that's the most asinine thing. I'm rewording your question. Like, is heard. Carr the real deal? I'm rewording it, making it more relevant. <laughs> Derek Carr is the real deal. He's looked really good this season. He looks good for fantasy because the Raiders don't seem to have much of a rushing attack. And and Derek Carr is you know a fine quarterback play he's right there with Kirk Cousins you know that that tier of quarterbacks for fantasy which is a step up of where he's been and he looks like he's definitely improved from a real life standpoint but he's still not special or elite like to to call him one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL is just completely discounting what Murray Mahomes Jackson Wilson Allen do for their teams not even to mention like the older guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford it it's just crazy. Like he's not even close. The NFL is just a wash with elite quarterbacks right now. Derek Carr is not one of them, but he's a perfectly serviceable NFL quarterback and, and teams should be happy with that. Like having Kirk cousins or Derek Carr, you know, or Ryan Tannehill is good. Your team can win with that. You know, they're not actively hurting your team. They're not a Jameis Winston. And and that's what NFL teams should be happy they have. How dare you? It's my quarterback. Who you got? I got the Raiders. Uh, yeah, give me the Raiders. This is my lock of the week. Three and a half points. So, yeah. Oh, way to go out on a big limb. Hey, it's closer than what, like your 10 points or whatever it was. The Raiders should be favored by seven. It's a joke that they're right. So like be, if I was going to do a spread pick, 100% it would be the Raiders by three and a half. So before we move on, um, the Vikings, uh, in the last seven games, the last seven times that the Vikings have played the Seahawks, what do you, how many have the Vikings won, do you think? The last seven times. Twice. Zero. Oh, it is zero. I thought they won. Oh no, they they came up just short last year again. They're zero and seven against the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are one and a half point favorites. The over under is fifty five points. Does it does it matter who has it? Like you're starting Dalvin, right? This is more of a DFS to talk with this one because you're starting well, Chris Carson, you're starting Tyler Lockett, you're starting Del- DK Metcalf, you're starting. Um, both quarterbacks, if you have them, you're starting Dalvin, you're starting Thielen, you're starting Jefferson, you're starting KJ Osborne. Like, yep. I mean, um, yeah, I, everything about Dalvin. Cook, so, like, Dalvin Cook is like super questionable. So he didn't officially practice at all this week. Now, Mike Zamer came out after practices on Friday and said Dalvin Cook did quote unquote some work on the side. I don't know what that means, and from what I've seen, 
you know, people have dug this up and, and the, in, since Mike Zimmer became the head coach, the Vikings have never ever played anyone on Sunday that didn't practice at all that week. And so Dalvin cook is, is very questionable for this game. I'm sure he's going to be called a game time decision and the Vikings play a late game. So it's going to be hard to deal with in DFS, uh, whether you play cook or not, because, and then whether you pivot to Alexander Madison or not, because we saw last season that it's not a one-to-one swap. It's not like Madison comes in and gets Dalvin Cook's role and and does really well with it. He gets a smaller role, and he doesn't do as well. So he's a, a dicier proposition, though I'd still like him in DFS. But if if I'm in season-long or DFS and I want to play Dalvin Cook, um, one, I would lower expectations of his workload just because he is a little banged up. And, and two, I would definitely have a plan in place for if he does not play, because that's a very, very real possibility. Do you think that Madison, if he does play, you know, isn't going to get as much work as, as Cook because he's both a bastard and an orphan? This is That's like too meta with between football and Broadway. <laughs> You know, you're you're really alienating the viewer base there by bringing him. Do you no. do you so Metcalf or Lockett? I like Metcalf this week. Like Lockett's had the bigger games, obviously, than so far this season. But they've been on a couple of really long passes. Metcalf can do the same thing, and against the Vikings, struggle against one thing, and it's big, powerful wide receivers, and that's DK Metcalf in a nutshell. Um, I'm really scared that he's going to torch the Vikings for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Who you got? I got the Seahawks just so at least if I'm wrong, I can be really happy. <laughs> that would make you really happy getting one game, right? <laughs> um, no, no. If I'm ro- I'm picking the Seahawks. Oh, if I I'm see, wrong see, and the okay. Vikings win, I'll be really happy. Yes. Okay. Um, give me the Vikings. I like I like it when the team gets hope. Like we finally won a close one, guys. I think we're broken through the barrier. I like it. Listen, if Seattle was 2 and 0, I would take the Vikings. But Seattle's just lost a game. They're not going to take this game lightly, so plus as you said, the Vikings just are cur- they can't beat the Seahawks. And so even if the Vikings are up by 14 late in the game, like that just means Russell Wilson gets to have another comeback against them. And finally, uh, Brian's pick for the NFC Championship game, if that's a possibility, uh, the Buccaneers at the Rams. The Buccaneers are one. And, oh my! How dare they? The Buccaneers are one and a half point favorites against the full MVP list offense of the Rams. Uh, the over under is fifty five and a half points, the highest of the week. Is this a question? Of course, Cup is better than Woods. That, that's that's not a question. Brian, do you actually he, think Woods is, is good? Is he 20% better than Robert Woods? Yes. Sorry, the question is not phrased well. Is he's, he 20% better than Robert he's Woods? He's 50% better than Robert Woods. Okay, see, I, I don't actually think there's that much of a distinction. I think Cup and Woods are much more similar to uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen than they are to Tyreek Hill and Mercole Hardman. I agree with but that. Yet, but yet they're being treated like it's... Tyreek Hill and Marcole Hardman. Like Cup is over a thousand dollars more than Woods on DraftKings. People are treating Cooper Cup like an MVP and treating Woods like a bust this year in fantasy. And I just don't see it. This is just like uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Cup has had the better games, and, and in this case, Cup is the better player. I think, 
but Woods is going to have big games and he's a very good NFL player and this is should be a good matchup for him. I think that uh, Woods is a better player than Justin Jefferson, but that's not saying much. So, Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, finally, Brian, finally we have the old school matchup of Godwins or Evans. The old school decision. Is it a Godwin game? Is it an Evans game? But... Alas, it's a little bit different now because it's always going to be a Gronk game. Yeah, you know, dating back to the Super Bowl, three straight games for Rob Gronkowski with two touchdowns in this Buccaneers offense. Like, it's just ridiculous. But again, the difference between week one and week two, I think, is kind of highlighting for him. Yes, he got two touchdowns in each game, so his fantasy points looked really good. But in week one, he looked like prime Gronk eight catches for 90 yards. In week two, he was much more, you know, old Gronk with four catches for 39 yards. I, I think that's more in line. The touchdowns will come and go, but you can't rely on them. I like it's sell high time on Rob Gronkowski. I, I like both Godwins and Evans quite a bit this game with Antonio Brown out and Gronk. I think, you know, it's just an average game for him. Could he catch another touchdown? Sure. But I don't think he's topping 50 yards or five catches. And so he's just, he's not an elite or special tight end anymore for fantasy. And he shouldn't be treated as such. I don't think he needs to be. I think he just needs to be friends with Tom Brady. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's just, he has made a career of just being the fun guy that that makes Tom Brady laugh from time to time. I'm pretty sure that's what Rob Gronkowski has done for his entire career. Uh, who you got? I got the Rams. Give me the Buccaneers. They're my Super Bowl pick and I, nothing will change that. Give me the Bucks. Um, typically, so like I say the Bucks because the last time something like this happened where the Bucks played the Saints or the Bucks played the Packers, um, and People thought, you know, this is going to be a good matchup. The Buck Tom Brady and the Buccaneers just absolutely embarrassed them, and so I think that this is going to be along those lines where people would be like, "Oh, this could be a future NFC Championship matchup." You know, one of these teams is going to the Super Bowl, and I think the Bucks are going to embarrass the Rams. Um, Packer. Actually, you know what? Give me that as my lock of the week. Give me the Bucks as my lock of the week. Oh, okay, that one is bold. <laughs> Um, Packers at 49ers, Sunday night game. 49ers are three-point favorites. Ooh, that's disrespectful. Uh, the over-under is 50 points. Um, do you think Aaron Jones gets six touchdowns or two touchdowns this game? I think just two. He's going to dial it back <laughs> quite a bit this game. You know, he, it's he's going to struggle, and he's just going to have to settle for two touchdowns. It's uh, It's just ridiculous. I, I don't have the exact stats on it, but it definitely feels like he's had more three-plus touchdown games than anyone else in the NFL over the past few seasons. I I don't know what to make of it. It's just crazy that the Packers could score as many points as they did against the Lions, and Devontae Adams could do nothing. Like it, It's just ridiculous. Aaron Jones is good, though, but this is a very tough matchup for any running back, and I think the Packers are definitely going to rely more on the pass than the run, and it's it's going to be a Devontae Adams game. But Aaron Jones is definitely must start. And, you know, he's not on the main DFS slates, but he'll be a fine DFS play. Devontae well. Adams is dead to me. You know how he makes me feel? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood. 
I he is dead to me. Anyone like I I want to put him up for trade. I have him in two leagues. I'm putting him up for trade. Devontae Adams is dead to me. Sure, what do you want for him? Um I a backup running back. Clyde Edwards Alaire. <laughs> oh no, a backup like a decent running back. <laughs> Not a benched running back, a backup running back. He's dead oh. to me. Oh. Um, Miles Gaskin. <laughs> I, I put up a trade in, in one of my leagues, and somebody laughed it off. Um, talk, tell me about George Kittle, and I'm going to get this trade up, and I'm going to tell you, you. You tell me what you think about this trade. So listen, George Kittle has not been exciting for fantasy this season. Um, you know, 9.8 points in week one, 3.7 points in week two. Not good output from a third-round pick. I'm not worried at all. He's running a ton of routes. He's playing every snap. Debo Samuel has gotten in like un- completely unsustainable target share so far, and he's been exceptional. But I think the 49ers have been in weird game scripts so far where in week one against Detroit, they were just up so big, they didn't really have to try anything special. They just called a r- basic play and threw it up to their number one option, which is almost always going to be a wide receiver. And any offense, and Debo Samuel had a huge game. Then in week two, the 49ers faced a extremely good front seven in Philadelphia, and Kittle was used to block more and just you know wasn't involved in the passing attack very much. I think that starts to change against Green Bay and is definitely going to change more and more in the weeks to come against Seattle in week four and Arizona in week five. I think we're going to see huge Gronk breakout games. I'm not worried about him at all. He's an elite tight end. Only Travis Kelsey stands head and shoulders above him. I I he's do right agree. in line with Darren Waller. I think that we are going to see big Gronk breakout games. Because um, that's what you said. Oh, big George Kittle breakout games. Oh, that's not what you said, though. <laughs> Freudian slip. All right, so this person has on their, in their, on their team, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, and J- the Williams guy from Detroit. Okay, and I offered Devonte Adams for Nick Chubb, and I thought, and they turned that down. Well, I also put in Melvin. Uh, no, I also put in Mark Ingram for the Williams guy on Detroit. Because at that and time, they turned that down. They they laughed. Uh, they laughed it off. They laughed oh, it off. I one hundred percent would take Devonte. I mean, that's basically Devonte Adams for Nick Chubb which is you're getting the best player with Devontae Adams and Melvin Gordon is a flex player at best in fantasy. And I, you almost always have a better option in, in any kind of PPR league. So yeah, I, Devontae Adams hands down for me. Yeah, I know. I was trying to trade Devontae Adams for like a, a number one running back or someone that could be like a number one running back, but no. Um. All right. The, Oh, who you got? Pack- oh, by the way, George Kittle's garbage. Um, Packers at 49ers. Just slipping that in there, huh? <laughs> who you got? I, I'm going to go with my heart on this one and say the 49ers because I really want them to win. Um, Man, I really I really wanted the Packers to lose to Detroit last week. Oh, God, that was so, so close. My narrative would have been correct. They were down like 14-0. Um, give me the Packers. All right, Monday night game, Eagles at Cowboys. The Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 51-and-a-half points. Um, so you're a big Zeke fan, right? 
you think that Zeke will outscore uh, Pollard this week? Actually, no, not this week. <laughs> this is this is a terrible matchup for Zeke, and and the fact that Pollard got a an inside the five touchdown carry a week ago and got over a hundred yards and was more involved in the passing game than Zeke makes me quite concerned for Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he's in a timeshare now. I don't think there's any question about that. I, I think the Cowboys would be crazy not to use Tony Pollard going forward. And the Eagles front seven is good. I think we're in a lot of danger of seeing Zeke play a lot of snaps again, but being used as a pass blocker quite often in this game. Uh, I think it's a big Dak Prescott game. I think it's a big game for the Cowboys wide receivers. And, you know, it's a big game for the Eagles offense as well, but but not for any running back in this game. Is Zeke the most expensive paperweight in the history of paperweights? He's pretty close. I mean, it's... But this is this is why NFL teams should never pay running backs. And it's it's so sad. Like Christian McCaffrey might be an outlier. Dalvin Cook is closer to an outlier. And Alvin Kamara might be in that category too, because they're so good at catching the ball. But when when NFL teams pay ground and pound running backs a lot of money, it always fails. Like the Rams ended up giving Todd Gurley sixty million dollars for a season because he got injured. And was never the same player after his, you know, his biggest season. It, the same thing's happening with Zeke. He's going to get ninety million dollars to be average. Didn't the Cowboys lose a wide receiver this week? Uh they lost him last week. Yeah, Michael Gallup was, was out for week two. Oh, he's uh, will will continue to miss. Uh, it yeah, I mean, Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, great plays. Amari Cooper got a little banked up against the Chargers. Um, and it looks like he was going to be questionable, but he doesn't have a tag this week. It, it, or isn't, it isn't expected to have a tag this week anymore. Um, he, he should be good to go, and he's going to be a great play against Philadelphia's secondary. Who you got? I got the Cowboys. They somehow win these games, even though I think the Eagles might be a better team. Do you think that Jalen Hurts can put up points against this team? Yeah, I do. I think this is this is a good week for Jalen Hurts, and I'm actually right now debating: uh, Do I start Jalen Hurts or Matt Stafford in one of my season-long leagues? Because I have them both, because I figure one of at least one of them will have an extremely good matchup every week. This week they both have good matchups, so it's it's pretty tight in my eyes. Mm, yeah, give me the Cowboys, um, Brian. Oh, hold on. Nothing but DFS from here on out. Um, Brian, who won our DFS uh, matchup last week? You won by a point. Oh, who won it the week before? You won because I I put up basically at zero. I should have just not played. So you're going to do better this week then, you promise? I, I, I will strive to do better this week. And I can't wait to unveil our lineups because I know you're going to have some reactions. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, let's go position by... Well, actually, let's d- break down some good um, plays that we think at the different positions. So, Brian, pick, a, give me a, a high and low quarterback that you're interested in playing this week. So so for quarterback, I think it's definitely pay way up or pay down. Uh, Murray and Lamar Jackson uh, stand out to me with their rushing upside as very high-priced quarterbacks, though Mahomes and Wilson are in great spots, too. Uh, other than that, though, my my favorite play I already mentioned is you go all the way down to Justin Fields, who's just fifty two hundred. It's just way too cheap for a guy that projects to get fifty yards rushing. That's five free fantasy points. Even if he's bad, he probably still gets you two hundred yards passing and one touchdown. 
So that's that's like a floor of 16, 17 points. That's plenty good for 5,200. He's kind of a lock for me in cash, not to give anything away, but I, I think he's a good play. Uh, I agree. I think there's a couple of them down there. I think Jared Goff could also have garbage time. I don't project it, but I think he could. I think Trevor Lawrence could have garbage time. I think Joe Burrow will have a tough game, but could at least put up two touchdowns and, and some yards. Taylor Heineke... Um, I, I like a little bit this game because he's a gamer and I think this would be a high scoring game. So I agree with Justin Fields, but at the same time, I think that they could all, they all have a high probability of also essing the bed. And I think there's one a little bit more expensive, Teddy Bridgewater going against the Jets that is guaranteeing you 20 points. And I'm more interested in that for my cheaper one. Um, as far as more expensive ones go, I would t- absolutely take Russell Wilson over Kyler Murray this week. I think that you're going to see a lot of long touchdown passes against the Vikings because teams have been able to do that. Um, and I think you, you, he's going to hit the 300-yard mark. He's going to get three touchdowns, and he may get some rushing in there too. So I think he should surpass his current fantasy points per game, which is 26. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I like Russell Wilson. The only other quarterback I want to mention just is a sneaky tournament stack play is Ben Roethlisberger this week. Going against Cincinnati, not a good defense, not one that scares you. He has both Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster healthy, but without Deontay Johnson, meaning it's very easy to stack him with just two guys this week. And I really like that as a, a pretty cheap tournament stack in, in DFS. Um, ben Roethlisberger has almost as many points per game as Zach Wilson. Yeah, I know. I, I'm aware. It's it's a high risk, high reward play. I'm like aware. It's not a cash risk. game play. <laughs> okay. Uh running backs. We got Derrick Henry eighty six hundred for the max. Dalvin Cook is at eighty four hundred, but he's questionable. Alvin Kamara is at eighty two hundred, but he uh has a terrible offense. Then you go all the way down to Nick Chubb at seventy six hundred. Are you are you paying up for running back this week? No, I, I don't love any of those guys. Um, Cook is by far the most interesting to me. If he wasn't banged up, I think he'd be a lock play in cash and still a great tournament play no matter what his ownership level was. I think Derrick Henry is going to be over-owned this week because Dalvin Cook is banged up and because of Derrick Henry's giant game in week two. So I, I much prefer paying down. Like You get to the 60-600 range. you got Najee Harris, Chris Carson, Joe Mixon right there uh not to mention saquon barkley at 6500 like that's the range that i'm the most i'm paying up uh any punt uh punt running backs you're interested in yeah there's actually a bunch of them i mean mike davis is only 5100 yeah, like i, I said I'm, I'm not buying cordero patterson at all mike davis is the starter he got just as many passing game opportunities uh as as patterson did and and no one's talking about him. Fifty one hundred's way too cheap against a bad defense. I think he's a great play. Clyde Edwards Alaire is stupid cheap <laughs> at forty eight hundred. Like he's been bad, fine, but he's on the most high powered offense in the NFL. He has the starting role. Unless he gets benched, he's he's just way he's a thousand too cheap at at best. You don't he might be fifteen hundred. You don't cheap. have to say he's been bad. You can just say he's never been good. <laughs> that's that that's fair that's very fair he's never been good he's never been great but he's ha- he 
can average 14 points a game and he definitely has over 20 point upside and he's only he's less than 5k it's it's kind of crazy are you buying the james connor running for touchdowns narrative yes and no he'll he'll get a couple but i knew that all season well he's got a majority of the um goal goal line work yeah and and so he'll he'll sneak a couple but i think kyler murray will take just as many it's it's why I'm down on Chase Edmonds. I don't think it makes James Conner viable. And I and I've never been a fan of Chase Edmonds. Like I, I don't think he's that talented. He he's he's fairly priced fifty seven hundred this week, but again, he's just not exciting. He has to break a twenty yard touchdown some way to to have a good fantasy day. And that's not that likely in this offense. I think I think Brian's wrong about Corduroy Patterson. He does look like a cuddly little bear. Um I think Brian's wrong about him. I think they have found a way to use him in this offense where he's he he isn't a real thing. Like he's not like Mike Davis. Mike Davis, you count on these um these targets, you count on these these rushes. I don't think he's like that, but I think they've decided to use Cordero- Corduroy Patterson. I like I like calling him Corduroy. Um in a way where they can make it regular. And I think you can count on his target share throughout the year um well, here's my thing Cordell patterson is naheem hines if you aren't excited about playing naheem hines why would you be excited about playing Cordell patterson because that, that's hines is not sexy it. that's all that's all there is to it okay fair enough i um, guess i can't argue with that <laughs> uh are you paying up for wide receiver this week i am no, I'm I'm more like you with uh with wide receivers, more like you were with running backs. I'm going down to like the six thousand range, as I like a lot of those at the six thousand range for wide receivers. Uh, I I'm the opposite. No, I I love the high price wide receivers. I don't love DeAndre Hopkins so much at eighty two hundred, um, just because I don't think Arizona is going to need to score over and over again. So Hopkins has to probably get the first couple touchdowns to have a huge day. But I like Tyreek Hill at eighty four hundred. But other than that, like you go down, Tyler Lockett's not bad at 7,400. I love DK Metcalf at 7,300. Stephon Diggs, 7,600, very fair priced. Uh, Calvin Ridley seems too cheap at 7, 7K. And even like Terry McLaurin or Cooper Cup at 6,900, 6,800 aren't bad values. So there's, I, I think all the high priced receivers are, are fairly priced or are even values. And I like them, pretty much all of them. It was, it was tough actually for me picking which ones I wanted in my lineup. Um, it was not tough for me. Tight ends, are you paying less than forty nine hundred for your tight end? I would if I was doing a Teddy Bridgewater stack and wanted to throw Noah Fant in there. But other than that, no. Like if I'm not stacking my tight end with my quarterback, no, I'm not going below Kyle Pitts at forty nine hundred. All right, I mostly agree with that as well. Um, defense, which twenty two thousand or twenty one hundred? defense are you playing <laughs> the Bengals. ben roethlisberger takes sacks doesn't have a strong arm the Bengals are fine I, I i agree i think the Bengals are the outlier there um like jaguars could get blown out lions could get blown out um jets could get blown out and the Bengals are sitting there at 2100 where i think it's going to be a closer game where we will see some sack points um all right our DFS head-to-head, Brian, I, you went first last week, so I will go first. At quarterback, I have Teddy Bridgewater for 5,800 against the New York Jets. 
very on brand for you, but not a bad pick. I have Justin Fields to no one's surprise. 5,200, just too cheap for a rushing quarterback. At running back, Brian is going to love these. Brian is going to love my running backs this week. I punted both running backs. Uh, I went 4,900, 4,600. Devin Singletary and Corduroy Patterson. Well, I was a little worried about my running backs. I'm not anymore. (laughs) My running backs will outscore your running backs, hands down. Uh, But you, Steve, you, you, I hope you're ready. You're going to love mine. I can't wait. My running backs at 6,500, Saquon Barkley, just in a prime matchup. Again, oh, and CEH. For 20 points this week. It's going to be CEH. And then at 4,800, <laughs> Clyde Edwards Alaire. I wanted a piece of the Kansas City offense. Uh, couldn't get up to Hill or Kelsey. I didn't obviously want to pay up three extra thousand for Patrick Mahomes. So I'm getting Clyde Edwards Alaire, just 4,800. Doesn't have to do anything. He gets a touchdown. He's guaranteed to pay off the salary. Uh, so I, I'm not worried about it. He's kind of a punt play because there weren't running backs I, I absolutely loved this week. Um, if I could have gotten everything else I wanted and gotten to Mike Davis, I might have done that. Um, but the only way that worked is then if I had Calvin Ridley in my lineup and I didn't really want two Falcons players in my lineup, given how poor that offense has performed so far. So Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the guy I settled on. I love it. I love it, Brian. Good picks. Solid, solid effort there. Wait till you, you hear my wide receivers. You'll like them more. Um, at wide receiver, I decided to go with uh, my gut, go with people who have been putting up the points recently. Uh, just ride the wave. Uh, I have Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup, and Cortland Sutton for 6,900, 6,800, and 6,000. Yeah, that's those those are all good plays, all strong. Um I probably could have gone that way too, but I found one cheaper value wide receiver in in Tyler Boyd at just 4700 that let me pay off at my other two spots. Uh but like I said, with, with T Higgins likely out, Boyd's in such a good matchup. He's the safety blanket for Joe Burrow. Uh, I think he's in line for 10 targets, as I think every pass catcher in my lineup is. My other two receivers are Keenan Allen at 6,600. Mike Williams has taken kind of all the press, but Allen's been very good so far this season, um, averaging almost 20 points a game, gotten 100 yards or more each game so far, which is huge on DraftKings. And then my other wide receiver is Stephon Diggs at 7,600. Your boy, Steve, you know. Arguably the best wide receiver in football right now. Probably maybe the best wide receiver in fantasy. Highest upside outside of Tyreek Hill. And he hasn't done it yet. But in two what I would call bad games for Stephon Diggs, he's still averaging 16 points a game. That would be okay at his price tag. But he can easily 4 or 5x that with a big day. I have never heard someone say so many wrong things one after the other consecutively in a row. This is going to be a really close game this week. I'm excited for this. Uh, at tight end, right in the wave, baby. Gronk at 5,500. Two, touch- your- two touchdowns. Give me three touchdowns. Three touchdowns this week for Gronk. That is your first pick where I'm I'm disappointed in you. Where, where you have, you've fallen into the trends. At least... Like, you know what you're doing by punting running back. You're taking low upside, but just saving a bunch of money. Gronk, you're paying up for the third highest price tight end for 
the mirage of him being able to get two touchdowns every week. He's not ending the season with 34 touchdowns. He Let's might just make that clear right what? now. So he, hold, no, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 0% chance. Oh, I think there's also a very, 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 very low chance. I don't think it's zero. I think if anyone's going to do it, it's not going to be Travis Kelsey. It's not going to be prime Gronk. It's not going to be Randy Moss. It's going to be old man, rickety, like skinny, Gronk and old man Brady out there. And it's not going to be, it's just going to be Brady forcing the ball, the same little, like, dumb, same little, like, route, the same thing. And it's just going to get him every time, every time. Grogs could get all the touchdowns. I think, I think it could happen. I have nothing more to say. It's, it's a mirage. Gronk is, is too high priced, but. He's going to stay up there because people are going to keep playing him because he can have big games. But I went with a similarly priced player, though he's a little bit cheaper and just just as good so far this season. And I think more likely to continue in TJ Hawkinson at fifty two hundred. Um, Detroit's going to go against Baltimore. I th- I think Detroit's going to get killed. And I don't love the garbage time situation for golf or anyone else on the Detroit offense. But for TJ Hawkinson, it's real because he's getting ten targets a game. Uh, he's targeted a lot in the red zone and he's being used on and they're good targets. You know, they're they're eight to ten yard targets down the field, you know, fairly easy to complete, but also get you two fancy points per completion. I really like him this week. Uh, he, for me, was head and shoulders above the other tight end options uh, if you didn't want to pay up for Travis Kelsey. I think Hawkinson's a good pick. Um, I think Gronk's a better pick uh, at flex. I have Darren Waller, 20 target Darren Waller at seventy four hundred. I went double tight end this week because I don't think Darren Waller is going to be held to seven or so targets again. I think he's a surefire bet to bounce back with at least 14 targets this week. The, and now I, now I know I've won this week, like just in flex I've won this week because you paid more for your guy and I, I, than I did. And my guy has way higher upside and that's DK Metcalf at just 7,300. He's going to torch the Vikings for 150 yards and two touchdowns. I'm going to be in tears, drunk, Sunday at Sunday night, you know, inconsolable as the Vikings have gone 0-3, and DK Metcalf has made them look like little babies out there. Um, but yeah, he's he's way too cheap. He should be 8K. Like, his upside is undeniable, and it just hasn't flashed yet this season. It's going against Minnesota. I can't you can wait. Count on it. I can't wait when Tyler Lockett gets like sixty points and DK Metcalf gets twelve. <laughs> I can't wait. And I assume we both have the Bengals. Yep, both have the Bengals. Because why the heck wouldn't you? Yeah, they're the yeah they're the definitely outlier there, just because of matchup. Um, all right, it wasn't. I'll, I'll put it this way: at one point, in my lineup, I I had it configured differently. I had eight hundred dollars extra. And I couldn't find a defense eight hundred dollars more than Cincinnati that I liked enough to care to to pay up for that. I agree with that too. Like that's how good the Bengals defense just looks to me. It's just it's it's shocking. All right, well, that kind of does it for us. Uh, we'll be back hopefully next week. We'll have two, depending on hopefully we can find some time to record two of them, a, a recap and a preview. Um, this week we did them both. I thought I thought it worked out doing both in one podcast, but I think I would like to do two. Um, But yeah, I feel like I should say peace out or something. High snap, put down. Joseph, come on! It is good!
Oh, no, it's no good. Are you kidding me, Mr. Right? He missed it right. Oh, my goodness. 